Sager. I have terminal brain cancer. I am here beside you. I want to do this work of singing at the bedside of people who are dying because I feel very strongly that death is a, a very real part of life and we can't just ignore it. May peace be when I go to the bedside, it is an opportunity to be in a very sacred space with someone because you are there with a person in their most intimate time. May love be They're going through their own questions about, why me? Am I going to see tomorrow? They're reflecting in a way that is very pure. Coming up on Nurse Talk, singing gently at the thresholds of life in over 150 communities around the world. Members of the Threshold Choir are here with us today. And a salute to a mother brings us to the story of 89-year-old Barbara Taylor Vaughn and her daughter Missy. And Healthcare in America's Donna Smith weighs in on Trump's call on Congress to pull back $15 billion in spending, including the Children's Health Insurance Program, or CHIP, an update on California's single-payer bill, 562, and the latest on Big Pharma price negotiations. All this and more today on Nurse Talk. Welcome to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with my co-host Shane Mason, and we're two of the thousands of nurses on duty this very day. And Casey, we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our listeners on Progressive Voices TuneIn, the Tom Hartman Program, and all of our broadcast platforms. Shane, in a few moments, we'll be talking with three members of the Threshold Choir. About a month ago, I had the pleasure of finding out about them through my work with hospice. The goal of the all-volunteer choirs is to bring ease and comfort to those at the thresholds of living and dying, a calm and focused presence at the bedside with gentle voices, simple songs, and sincere kindness. So we're going to have a choir in this booth with us, Casey? Three people, Shane. Just three people. <laughs> I think you can work it out, no, Mr. Man. I'm excited. Man. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Life is like a song. It has crescendos and rhythm and a defined beginning, middle, and end. The Threshold Choir takes this song metaphor literally and uses it to comfort terminally ill individuals with music and harmony. While singing at bedsides, people have told the singers they feel less pain, anxiety, and loneliness. Today, the group has expanded from its origin in San Francisco to 150 choirs around the world. With us in the studio are three members of the Threshold Choir. Welcome Susan Garrett, Karen Detour, and Jan Rostov. So thanks so much for being mm -hmm. with us today. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you, ladies. So I have a big first question. Give us the who, what, why, when, and how this all got started. Mm. <laughs> the Threshold Choir is a group of people who enjoy singing together. And we understand that voices can be very soothing and comforting. We are singers who visit bedsides in groups of two or three and sing to provide comfort or to uplift spirits. Uh, we bring portable chairs, so we're different than a big choir that would you know, stand en masse. We go in twos and threes. We bring portable chairs. We sit very low at the patient's uh, eye level. So we create an immediate ease. 
we're, we're sort of like friends visiting. You know, when you sit down face to face across from someone, what gets communicated is that I want to be here. I have time for you. We come from all sorts of backgrounds, but most of us enjoyed some sort of singing as we grew up. Maybe we had music in our families, or we were in scouting or camp. A common thread is the love of community and a desire to serve others in a gentle way that uses the human voice. The seed for the Threshold Choir was planted when our founder, Kate Munger, was taking care of a friend of hers who was dying. She had already changed the laundry, changed the sheets, done the laundry, done the dishes, put the flowers in the vase, and then she didn't know what else she could do to bring comfort to her friend. And then she sat down and sang, and she sang for a, a couple of hours, and she realized that it comforted both of them. It certainly smoothed the, the brow, the pain from his brow, and the fear from her heart that there wasn't anything else she could do. She sang. And from this, an idea began to take root, and uh, in the year 2000, so that was 18 years ago, 15 women gathered in an East Bay living room, and they sang, and they sang, and the Threshold Choir was born. How many chapters are there? Mm, there's about 150 choirs now. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All over the United States. Throughout the United States, Canada, Mexico, UK. All volunteer. All volunteer. Netherlands, Spain, Southeast Asia. We've just added some in Hawaii, yeah. Australia, New Zealand. <laughs> and it just keeps growing all over the world. Is it all women? No, it's not all women. There, We have a few choirs that are all men, and uh, many of us are looking now, in, including one or several men. But each choir makes its own decision about how it will go. And so how do you prepare when you're going to a dying person's bedside? What's, what's that process look like when you come into the room, and how do you introduce yourselves? And mm. Well, we sing for all kinds of people who are struggling in different places. Maybe they're convalescing from a surgery. You know, we also sing for babies in the NICU. Um, but mainly we sing for people who are dying, and we sing for their families and their caregivers. We prepare ourselves by learning the songs. We prepare ourselves by learning how to blend our voices. We prepare ourselves by learning how to deliver the songs with as much love as possible. And of course, our own feelings about dying in our own hearts in preparation. I think a lot of our singers have a, you know, a personal spiritual practice, a mindfulness practice. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I heard about this through, I am uh, work in hospice up in Napa, and um, the choir came into our uh, employee meeting and then shared what they do and about them, and then we um, all sat with our eyes closed and they sang for us. And I will say, it was um, very moving, but also, um, as I was listening and hearing, I was hearing from the point of view of all the people that I've cared for who have died, and how that would have been received. Mm. So um, it, it was quite moving. Mm. So we'd like to move now into a song. Will you sing something for we'd us? We'd love yeah. to sing Great. To a song. Okay. You are not alone. I am here beside you. You are not alone. I am here now. You are not 
Beautiful. You all write your own songs, is that right? We have singer-songwriters, members of our choir who have been by bedsides and understand the experience. So many of our songs are written by them. In a way, they're like chants or lullabies, really singing kindness through most of our songs. And what brought you three in particular to do this? Well, with three people, you'll get three answers. Mm -hmm. Why don't you go first? Thank you. Um... My father died at home on hospice in Minnesota in 2008, and I was by his bedside. And um, a knock came on the door, and some singers appeared. It seems like somebody in the community had said, those guys like singing, go over and sing. And in came, astonishingly, you know, four singers, and they sat and sang, and we're a big, big, big musical family. And it was breathtaking and soft and... Uh, permission to cry was obvious, you know, everyone could weep and be happy at the same time. And when I returned from Minnesota back to, I was living in Ashland, Oregon at the time, I looked around, found that Ashland, Southern Oregon has a threshold choir, Mm -hmm. and I joined it, I mean like two days later, and and that was the beginning for me, and Mm -hmm. I've just, I I have found my calling. Oh, awesome. Excellent. Okay. It is kind of a calling, and I will say that many, many of the singers in the choir say that the first time they heard about singing at the bedside for people who are dying, that they felt a shiver down their spine and said, I want to do that. That was certainly how it happened for me, Karen. I heard Susan and three other women singing at a friend's memorial service, and I was so moved, covered in chills, And I actually began to sing songs I didn't even know with them. I was just drawn into the energy, and I signed up right after. I've had patients say that they have less pain, they have less anxiety. Um, It it really soothes them. Who is the one who's receiving the bounty here when we are singing at a bedside? We are incredibly moved, and um, um, a kind of a circle is is completed. It is fused into one. Mm Mm-hmm. And let's not forget the nursing staff that also is there in the room and may also receive the benefits of the comfort of our song. And do people ever ask for you to sing, like, happy songs, sad songs? Do they make requests? Yes, they do. And for the most part, we sing from our repertoire, although we are happy to sing songs that people know. They might be traditional lullabies Mm -hmm. or You Are My Sunshine, but... For the most part, we sing from our um, from our repertoire, and we're very sensitive to the space that's being created. So we we sing to that. And you sing I to people in their own homes. You sing to people who are in facilities. You sing to people who are in all kinds of venues. So Absolutely. wherever the patient is, that's where you're going to go. Exactly. And, and Shane, you mentioned sad songs. I don't really think of our songs as sad, though mm. we sing at bedsides. The songs are infused with blessings and joy. And it, I mean, the songs might make you cry, but we're not trying to stir up sadness. Yes. So, how can people find out more about Threshold Choirs? And how can, if somebody's in a community somewhere in the United States, how can they find out where their choir is? We have an excellent website, uh, thresholdchoir.org. And uh, it lists all of our choirs by region, um, anywhere across the United States and in the world. Um, Mostly we're in larger metropolitan areas, but 
for example, in the Bay Area, we I think we have nine threshold 13. choirs, 13 wow. threshold choirs <laughs> here. <laughs> so you can look on the website to find out about uh, joining a choir or to just find out about where there might be a choir near someone you love who you would like to send singers to. And then give the website again. It's Threshold Choir. www.thresholdchoir.org. Excellent. Great. Do you mind singing another song for us? We'd love be to. happy to. May only love surround you. 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 May only love surround. Beautiful. Thank you. For more information, visit thresholdchoir.org. We are all just walking each other home. We are all just walking each other home. We are all just walking each other Listening to Nurse Talk, where laughter's the best medicine. Are you clear about this new federal health care plan? Well, what I read is that 20 million will still be left uninsured and it will not control rising costs. You know, I have three little kids I have to take care of, and I thought this would help. So we still need single payer. I've heard that California OneCare is self-financing and even saves money for families and business. That's right, and it would cover everyone from birth on. Makes sense. That's what we need. Yeah, it's not brain surgery. <laughs> That's actually not covered. California One Care. Full care for all for life. Hey Casey, what time is it? Time to stay out of trouble. We, we are, are nurses. nurses. We, we cannot prescribe, prescribe, diagnose, or treat, but, but we, we can, can give, give good advice. advice. Does that include fashion advice? Nah, stick to what you're good at. You should talk. Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with my co-host, Shane Mason. We are two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. Coming up in a moment is Healthcare in America with Donna Smith. But first, Casey, we want to share a short tribute to our friend Barbara Taylor Vaughn. Barbara was a big fan of Nurse Talk, and she and her daughter, Missy, wrote some very moving blog posts for us that chronicled Barbara's Alzheimer's and eventually her death. Her daughter, Missy, was her caretaker, and their relationship is a true mother-daughter love story. I share this post from Barbara. Oh, what a day, a day to just relax, very rainy and dark in Newburgh, 
Indiana. Last night, I had a bad Alzheimer's night. I was very tired this morning, so I knew it had been a long night. Missy told me I was upset over not being able to see my husband. I've been thinking a lot about him lately. Missy said I was crying, saying, I know you're not telling me that he's gone. Missy does not smoke, nor does anyone smoke in her house. But a friend told her that sometimes smells help Alzheimer's patients. My husband smoked a lot, so Missy told me that last night she lit a cigarette and smoked a little bit of it to get the smell in my room. She then told me that my husband was in the bathroom shaving. He always smoked while he shaved. She said she told me, don't you smell a cigarette smoke? That calmed me, and I went to sleep. She showed me the video today, so sad. I am just another person in my body, the same in looks, but my mind is not my own. I wish I could explain how scary this is. I never was a drinker, but it must be kind of like a drinker's blackout, with little memory the next day. I told Missy that I don't want to see any more videos, that she can continue to video that maybe in the future it will help someone else, but I don't want to see it anymore. I'm glad to be back to myself today, happy, listening to music, and thankful. Missy looks so tired today, but she hugged me extra long this morning when I got up and kissed my forehead twice and told me she loved me more than usual. If you knew how she hates to smell cigarette smoke and how she doesn't let anyone smoke in her house, it makes me love her more and more and more. For me, she will do anything. I always knew that. Barbara Taylor Vaughn died shortly after this post. She was 89. Casey with us on the phone is Barbara's daughter, Missy. Missy, welcome to Nurse Talk. Thanks so much for being with us. This is such an honor to be on here with you guys. Well, yeah. you, for both of us, it was incredibly moving. Your your mother oh, gave well, us a thank gift. You. She, she was just magical. That's all I can say. She um, could see into the soul of the people and... It just carried through, even over Facebook, uh, where she w- had her own page. She just cared about everybody, and it people felt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the thing that is is that's touching for me. It's it's is not just the immediate part of it, but also just her willingness to show that, display that side of her, and be vulnerable well, in a way that yeah, I, I haven't she, seen before. She wanted so. to put a face on. Alzheimer's. She didn't. She wanted people to hear. Oh, so and so has Alzheimer's, and think. Oh man, my my friend Barbie has that, yeah. and make it more you know of a a personal thing than just a disease. Right. And I really think she did that. Um, she wanted people to see the good and the bad. Um, see what caregivers went through day after day. Uh, she wrote so many letters to senators and congressmen and called on the phone and tried to get things, you know, started so that caregivers would, you know, could take off and, and, and take care of their family members at home because it was so important she stay at home. Well, the, the beauty, too, was the relationship that you had with her, Missy. And that kind of love between a mother and daughter is just so moving. Well, I'll be honest, you know, we did have our mother-daughter days where the neighbors can tell you I was out in the backyard screaming. Um, you know, we we loved each other. That was it. You know, I can remember from the time I was, I tell people from the time I was born, I remember seeing her eyes first. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, and I was told every day of my life how much I was loved. Mm. 
you know, she asked me one thing when she found out she had Alzheimer's. Please keep me at home with since you have MS. Keep me at home as long as you can. Yeah. And so I told Mike every day, you know, we got through another day. Because there were some days that, looking back now, I don't know how we did it. Yeah, I'm sure. And, uh, but she was so happy when she died. She was in here in her little bed. She looked at her bird feeder, even though she couldn't see. I mean, there were birds there that were never there. <laughs> but she, she knew where she was. She was happy. She was, you know, those were some of her last words. Happy, happy, happy. Sweet. And so... uh it, you know, it was just a promise that I was not going to break, and um, it, it, thank God, it, it, it uh, we, we got it done. But uh, it was easy with her, though. She was, she, like I said, she was magic. So uh, every day, you know, when I thought I couldn't do it again. Well, I know you both loved laughter quite a bit, so... What would her advice be for us getting through some pretty trying times in this country right now, do you think? She loved politics so much that um, I, I really, right now, would I would love for her to be here just because I don't think she would believe this. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I think she would be really upset that, and, and I think she would think we were taking steps backwards for what she fought so hard for. Making fun of somebody disabled, uh, I think she would have been in a car and we would have been in going to Washington. <laughs> right. <laughs> she loved nurses. She uh, were your biggest supporters. You know, you were her angels. And I, uh, I, she would just be so honored. She just wanted one person to remember her name when she died. Well, we and do. And today so. you guys fulfilled that. Great. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. We appreciate your time. Bye-bye. Take care, Missy. Bye. And that music can only mean one thing. It's time for Healthcare in America with senior correspondent Donna Smith. Donna, welcome. So great to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. So let's start with something positive. Okay. I, I think the most positive thing in the country, of course, has to be the work that's going on in California for SB 562 pushing for Medicare for All coverage for every Californian. It's awesome. That, that would be so incredible if California was the first state to get that. I would be so happy. So where are we with that? Well, the, one of the really good things that's happening right now, even though the legislature itself isn't making huge progress, uh, it's not that time right at the moment for them to be doing that, but you've got to, as, as you all well know, you have a great governor's race going on right now. And the reality is it's almost as if they have to convince one another and Californians who is the strongest on health care. And, of course, I think Gavin Newsom is terrific, and he's done a, a wonderful amount of discussing how important uh, single-payer is to California. Just this week we learned that California is the fifth largest economy in the world, not in the country, in the world, and imagine the power of that should yes. California pass, and they will get to SB 562. 
that is not only showing the nation, but showing the world how important it is. And your governor has done such a brilliant job on managing the budget in California. You don't want to end up having a new governor that does that all in by leaving the health care system broken and, and disjointed so that it wastes money that California has worked very hard to amass. So what should folks look for and what can they do to, to help with SB 562? Well, of course, I think one of the best things always people can do is is get in touch with their own representatives, get in touch with your own senators, and tell them how important it is to you to see this happen. Support those candidates locally and to the state and to national, all the way up the line, who are supporting the kind of things you want. As terms of state, just flat out ask them, do you support SB 562? And if they say no, then you've got some educating to do if you, if you really like that candidate from another perspective. It's, if it's an incumbent person who's not supporting SB 562, time to tell them to get on board with it because you're going to have a governor. I believe Gavin Newsom is likely going to be your next governor. And if Gavin's the governor, he is already on board with going for single payer. So time for others to get on board and just lean on them. They need your vote. That's for sure. All right. Now the burning question that's on everyone's mind, Donna. Novartis. (laughs) <laughs> what did you know about Novartis besides what Cohen did with them and the fact that they said they had a really bad day? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, you listen to the you know, you listen to all these shenanigans going on and all this dirt, you know, as my mother used to term these things dirty pool where people are giving tens of thousands of dollars in this case $100,000 a month Novartis gave to Michael Cohen and allegedly says there was no influence generated by giving that money, uh, that they expected they would get, you know, a little bit closer access to Donald Trump, and they really didn't, so no harm, no foul. Well, we don't know all that yet. We really don't know that there's been no harm done. And if we look at Donald Trump's great announcement about a drug plan this week, we can say maybe Novartis had a little more access than they're willing to admit. Yeah, so what, what's his drug plan exactly? Well, is it, is part it of it, and I, I roared when I read this part of it, he is just so angry that people across the world are paying so little for U.S. drugs. He wants those other countries to have to pay a better price, a fair price. I thought, oh, ouch, that really hurts the pharmaceuticals. Let's get them more profits yeah. from all over Indeed. the world. Indeed. <laughs> That's the wrong direction. Rather than getting us to get their prices, he's busy trying to raise the prices for everybody else. Exactly. Now, so no very Trump of him. to love that. And the stocks, if we watched pharmaceutical stocks in the last session on Friday, they did great. They were rising. Oh, sure. He did not do what he promised in his campaign, which was he was going to use the control of the federal government to be able to negotiate drug prices for Medicare recipients. Not what he did. You know, he said that he wants pharmacists to have better, you know, better ability to tell uh, patients when there's a cheaper alternative for those meds. Um, Okay, so then we have to rely on the goodwill of our pharmacists, many of whom are good people, to tell us when there's something cheaper. Or those god-awful ads that are on TV that lay out 73 side effects for every medication that always ends with including death. Yes. Uh, Now we're going to say, oh, and by the way, the per pill cost for this is whatever. It is 
rather a joke, what he put forward. And so he also wants Congress to pull back $15 billion in spending, including the Children's Health Insurance Program. Where is this? Like, that just seems pretty Yeah, isn't, isn't that surprising? Not. Oh, oh, exactly. And announced on exactly the same day that he's sitting in the Rose Garden with his wife, announcing the Be Best oh, right. program, <laughs> where yeah. we're going to be kinder to one another and we're going to teach children to be kind. Oh, but by the way, Donald Trump wants to cut health coverage from some of those kids through the CHIP program. So we believe that Congress is going to have a hard time doing that. We don't think they're going to take his directive, but we don't know that. We've got Paul Ryan in the House and and Mitch McConnell in the Senate who are anxious, apparently, to be friendly to this president. So again, vigilance, you know, intense vigilance by all of us to say, we're not fooled. We're not turning ourselves away. We're not watching the sideshow that is your presidency somehow. What we're doing is saying, no, you're not going to do this to the people of this country, including the children. It's not kind. So don't be best. Be kind to the children and don't cut their insurance. Anything else you'd like us to watch out for, Donna? <laughs> I thought that's probably quite enough today, don't you yeah. think? All right. That is quite enough. Fantastic. Thank you, Donna, as always. Thank you all. For more information about any of these topics, visit nursetalksite.com, pda.org, healthycaliforniaact.org, or nationalnursesunited.org. That's it for today. Thanks for listening, and thank you to our executive producer, Patty Lockard, sound design and engineering, June Miller and JMC Sound, and Taylor Lockard Research. And National Nurses United and all the nurses on duty today, and of course, our listeners and guests. Take care and visit us at nursetalksite.com or like our Facebook page at Nurse Talk.